talk about y'all welcome to another episode of the dotted line with your girl Lacey, and we are back um season four new episode and this week i want to talk about reactions to people's words so if you think about it you know that old saying of sticks and stones may break my bones you know but words will never hurt me right words do hurt And um, the fact that people take the time and the energy to say hurtful things to get a reaction out of you really shows a lack of judgment and responsibility on their part. However, the opposite to that is when people say things to us, um, we react. And then you have that saying that says, you know, um, people only see my reaction, but they don't take responsibility or accountability for the things that they did prior to my reaction. And that's very true because in you know, a person's mind, they're going to remember just the last thing that you did. They're never going to remember all the good stuff you did, the, you know, things you paid for, times you were there, you picked up the phone, times you you looked out. They're going to look at that last interaction that you had that maybe caused y'all to fall out, right? And that's their perception, that's their perspective, and that's what they're going to go off of. But at the same time, as a person, you have to be responsible for your actions and what you allow to um, get on your nerves or have you respond. So think of it this way. So When you have a job, right, um, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work a nine to five, um, you have things that really tick you off, right? And I'm going to use the example of having a nine to five because I'm not, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur with this podcast um, at this point. But my normal nine to five, you know, you have things that happen, right, at work and it ticks you off, whether it's your boss or your coworkers or an email that someone didn't respond to for two weeks or someone coming back to you looping around and having like a little, you know, spicy attitude, those type of things, right? And in the moment, you know that it's ticking you off. You know that it's making you mad. But usually, you don't respond, right, in a negative way. They've ticked you off. They said this or whatever like that. Oh, my God, I can't believe Martha said this. You know, can you believe? I know for me, I will definitely call my mom, my husband, like, oh, my gosh, can you believe so-and-so did this, right? But I'm not going to sit up here and say that to my coworker or to my boss or, you know, any other co- of the cross-functional people that I work with in other departments, right? I'm going to sit there. I'm going to, you know, get ticked off and I'm going to wait to respond in a professional manner and I'm going to reread my email before I respond or in a meeting, put myself on mute before I respond and kind of talk myself off the ledge before I say something that I, that I have to um, atone for and, and you know, apologize for, right? Because in a job setting, it's not as forgivable if you go off on somebody rather than you go off on a friend or a family member, right? So with that being said, why are we not taking that same, you know, angst to say, let me control what I say before I say something hurtful to a family member or a friend or my child or anything like that. And the thing of it is, is that we're so used to hurting people 
that we care about, that it's like you just fly off the handle and you just say whatever you want to say and that's it, right? And, you know, that person will go ahead and forgive me, you know, and we'll talk about it later or whatever like that, or they just really ticked me off and they needed to hear it type of thing. But we still have so much restraint when it comes to a job or an opportunity that pays because we know you cannot react negatively in a job situation that's paying you. Because if you act react negatively and you go off on your boss, you go off on a coworker, they can call HR, they can sit up here and you know, you can get fired, you can get terminated. And now you don't have a source of income to be able to pay bills, right? So that same restraint that we have for the people on our jobs, the people that we work with, the people that we um you know, are spending majority of our time with, right? 40 hours a week, sometimes 50 hours a week, 60 work hour weeks, you know, what have you. We have so much restraint and we have so much respect to not respond negatively, but we don't have that same restraint when it comes to people that we care about. And what I'm learning is that if you don't have that restraint with people, you can lose people. So think about, you know, the people that you've lost in life or whatever like that. Friends, it could have been your fault. It could have been their fault, right? You know, who's to blame? Everyone's going to play the villain in someone's story, right? But sometimes it's really you. Sometimes you didn't respond properly and you cussed out the wrong person too many times and they say, what, you know, what's the heck with it? I don't want to deal with you or whatever like that. You're toxic. You know what I mean? You're gaslighting me. All these things, right? And then as time goes on, you know, um, time will make you think of things and life happens and you start having maybe those same type of situations with other people and you realize maybe that wasn't, you know, um, her fault of why I cussed her out or his fault of why I cussed him out. And I get why they sit up here and they stop dealing with me. Or on the opposite end of that, you will sit there and have that same situation happen to you where someone has just completely blatantly disrespected you and cussed you out and talked to you crazy and you finally get to that point where I'm not going to deal with it anymore. I'm like, ah, that's just like when I sit up here and cussed out so-and-so. So I encourage and challenge people to respect and that same level of restraint that you have at your job that pays your bills, that pays your mortgage and your car payment and gets your eyelashes done and your nails done, that same restraint that you have for that, have that same restraint for the people that you care about and the people that you love. Because there's nothing in life that is worse than losing people that really mean well by you because of your restraint that you are lacking. Everything that you... Think in your mind does not have to come out of your mouth. It doesn't have to be said. It does not have to, you know, be communicated. And I think that's, and I'm saying this to myself as well, because sometimes I could just say what I want to say. And it's just like, that's what I want to say. And it's been on my mind or, you know, the really funny. I think it's funny how whenever I sit up here and did this, you didn't do this, right? That whole little thing, right? And I'm working on instilling calmness in me. And that regardless of my circumstance of work, of kids, of husband, of extracurricular activities, of me being tired, of me being overwhelmed, regardless of me being burnt out, that I'm being mindful of what I am saying. Because it's not appropriate to always say what you have to say and expect people to just ride with what you're saying. No matter how much they care about you, no matter how much they sit up here and have had a relationship with you, no matter how much they're your day one, people don't have to put up with toxic behavior. 
And if you are going to allow people's words to hinder you from being your best self and not reacting, that shows a lack of restraint. And it's a form of weakness because people are going to say whatever they want to say. There are going to be rumors. There's going to be, I heard, girl, didn't you hear about so-and-so? I heard she was... It's always like that. That's life. It could be like that when everything is going right in your life. Everything is fine. And guess what? There's always going to be a rumor. There's always going to be something that someone heard and they believe it's true. On the opposite end of that, you have to understand that before you assume something and get a narrative in your head that this is true, you have to seek clarity, right? And that's part of the problem is that Everyone has a perception and their perception is not necessarily false, right? It, just like your feelings, your feelings, if you feel a way, that is your prerogative. That is okay that you feel a certain way and your feelings are validated. However, just because you have that feeling or that perspective does not mean that someone else's perspective is not true as well. So let me tell you what I mean. If I, I had a situation where I had a friend that I had had for years and, um, you know, life happened or whatever like that, you know, you just kind of grow apart, you know, um, nothing to sit up here and say, you know, like, hey, like this is what happened or whatever like that, but just people grow apart. And so um, one of the main things that I remember in the last conversation I had with this person was that I was definitely going in and saying, you didn't do X, but I did Y for you, right? So I'm going in and I'm saying, hey, like what happened? What did I do? This, that, and the third. I don't think this is right because I would never do you like this. I did this and you did that. The thing of it is, is the first problem is, is that I'm expecting me out of that person. And everybody's heart is different. Everybody's reactions are different. Everybody's circumstances are different. Everybody's loyalties are different. And that doesn't make them a bad person. That just means that y'all think differently and that you process things differently and the perspectives are different. So the first thing when I kind of sat back as time went on, I was like, you know what? I was expecting me out of that person. And that's wrong to expect yourself out of a person. If you're doing something, hoorah for you, but you cannot expect that out of other people. But what you can do is surround yourself around like-minded people that when y'all have these little bouts of disagreement that y'all can say, hey, this is your loyalties lie at the same place, right? That's kind of like that prerequisite of friendships, right? Thinking of dating, right? You date somebody and you kind of figure out who they are. You ask the questions, you see the red flags. The same thing goes with friendships, right? Um, is that you have to see that. And so you can't accept, or excuse me, expect the the way that you act out of people. That's That's the first mistake. The second mistake is that you can't expect people to react in the way that you want them to react. So even if they don't have the same, hey, I did this, I would have did this, you still have expectations of people. And that's where you mess up is because having expectations of people that they're not aware of is always gonna lead to some type of dismay or discord, right? So explain what you're wanting from people and communicate, right? On top of that, um, 
communicate what your perceptions are. I just had this issue as well with a family member. I had in my head that they did something and before I thought that they did something that was messed up, I said, hey, let me call, let me ask you, hey, you got a minute? Hey, I'm thinking X, is this true? So before I react off of what I think, is that true? Hey, Lacey, no, that's not true. I see how you could have thought that, but no, that's not true. That's not how I reacted in that. And that's not, that's not what I meant by doing this. This is what I meant. And that saved so much confusion that probably would have started a argument with someone. I probably could have could have had a fallout with somebody, but being clear about number one, your expectations out of someone and making sure that they can meet those expectations and then clearing up the confusion or the um, thoughts that you have and, and perceptions that you have in your head can save a lot, right? And that also goes back into my original point of you do not have to react to what everybody's saying. Like I'm learning now that I'm really learning that I am a people pleaser, or I'm going to say was a people pleaser. I'm learning to say no. I could one day feel like I want to go to an event and I'll sit up here. I just did this today. I don't feel like going. I have a lot of stuff going on. I don't think I'm going to be able to commit to that. And I don't really care how people feel because I don't want to go to an event and then feel exhausted and feel upset and then be mad at myself that I went and overexhausted myself and now acting rude or nasty to my to my kids or my spouse right so learning to say no like there are some things that I'm I'm learning right now that it's like I'm not going to be everything for everybody like I can't like I have so much stuff to do. I have the podcast. I have my nine to five. I have extracurricular activities that I have to be. I cannot be everyone's secretary, everyone's um, reminder. Did you remember this? Because I'm exhausted that I'm being everything for everybody else and I'm not making time for me to do what I need to do. That's not fair to me. That's not fair to other people. And that's not fair to... Um, really the people that are in my home, right? Because if I'm not okay, I can't be what I need to be with other people that I live with. And that's not fair. Um, reacting in reacting to what somebody says is so important not to do because now when you react, you have to come back and apologize because of what you did. You may, hey, they did this, they threw, you know, a... A garlic or whatever at you, right? And now you're throwing apples, right? So you're always going to go and do something bigger and bolder than what the person did. And with doing that, you have to come back and apologize. And then you have a processing period of now they have to process feelings and then have you caused them trauma? And how are they going to get through this trauma? Do they want to deal with the trauma? Do they want to heal with you or do they want to heal without you, right? So it's so important to be locked in and in tune the same way you would be at your nine to five, even at church, right? I'm not a member of a church, but sometimes we don't react the same way that we would even at church, which is great, right? You're not going to go off on the pastor and tell the pastor how they're wrong. You're not going to go off on your boss and tell your boss how they're wrong for putting a workload on you that maybe one of your coworkers could have done. But if you sit up here and get into it with a family member, a loved one, uh, uncle, you know, whatever, right? Um, child, you're going to sit up here and tell them how they're wrong and how this is their fault and this isn't right and things like that. And you're going to one up them and you're going to sit up here and say, I think it's funny how this, that, and the third. And again, now you're, you're having to go back 
and heal from that response, apologize, reset, and try to move forward, if that's even possible. Another thing is when you react to people's words or responses, you're giving them power over you. So if someone sits up here and says something negative to you and nasty to you, by you even acknowledging what they said and letting that even come into your space and bother you, you're giving them power. That's what they wanted. They wanted a reaction out of you. Like I said before, people remember what you did, but they never remember what triggered you, right? So if I react and I cuss somebody out, that's what, you know, that's going to be the story. Girl, did you hear Lacey cussed me out because da 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 right? They're not going to tell the part of the story of they did X, Y, Z, one, two, three, and it's been stressing me out for months and I finally sit up here and went off. They're not going to say that, right? They're just going to say that, that, hey, she cussed me out, this, that, and the third. And by me reacting to what they're saying and doing, again, I'm giving them power. That's what they wanted. They want a reaction. They want to be able to sit up here and say, hey, I said all this messed up stuff to you. Or even bl- at that point, even blame you. Well, hey, um, I said this because you said this and da 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 right? And now it's a, a game of let me blame this, let me blame that, and we're going back and forth, tit for tat and things like that. When I was triggered and what was said, I can just go ahead and walk away and say, hey, you know what? This really isn't going to be a positive conversation right now. Let's take a break. Let's kind of reconvene, um, reconvene, right? Take some notes, think of some points. Um, And that way, when you reconvene back with that person, you have these points. Hey, when you said X, this hurt my feelings, right? Or when, you know, you, when I said this, this is what I meant. I didn't mean this. So maybe that triggered you. And that's why you came back and said something to me, right? right? Take that break, take that time to sit there and reconvene before you respond. Because Nine times out of 10, you respond and in the moment you're good, but as time goes on, you're not good. And you're like, man, I really messed this up. I really didn't mean to respond like this. This is so messed up. I did this, I did that, so on and so forth, right? And so it's really important not to give people power over you with their words and for you not to react. It's also very important for you to, before you make up a narrative in your head, not saying that it's not, It can't be true, right? Because sometimes those intuitions that you have or things that you think are a certain way could be true. But unless you clarify that information, you are reacting off of something you think instead of something that you know without a shadow of a doubt, right? And one thing that I've learned is that, you know, emotions are temporary. And where you think that you have a great understanding of the whole pie of the situation, you don't because your 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 way of thinking is clouded because of your emotions. Your emotions are going to take over and say, I'm mad, I'm angry, and they did this, and you know they did this back in the sixth grade, and then this, and now they're doing that, and so on and so forth. So your emotions are going to take you on a roller coaster of waves and feelings and thoughts and processes and everything, right? But it's temporary because eventually you're not going to be mad. Eventually you're not going to be sad. Eventually you're, you're not going to be angry anymore. So don't lean on just what your perception is of what the scenario is, right? Take time, seek clarity, ask questions before you react. Don't let somebody take power over you to 
make it to where you react out of character. Now you have to apologize or lose a friend or, or lose a relationship because you couldn't control yourself in the moment right? And take also that same restraint that you have at that nine to five, at that, at that, um, you know, job that you have at the church, you know, things like that, that you have so much more respect, take that same restraint and apply that to your relationships, right? Relationships, friendships are work. They are. Sometimes they're more work than, than others, but they're work. And if it's, if it's something that's worth it to you, then you have to, sit there and do the work to be able to sustain that friendship, that relationship that you have. You can't just sit up there and lean on what you think you know about something and you haven't even seek, um, seek to get clarity to make sure that it's accurate, right? Um, because again, you can lose friendships and, and that's happened to me. I've definitely lost a few friendships before of perceptions that I have and I thought it was true and I just was like, you know what, I don't got time. I'm not talking to them anymore anyway. I don't really, you know, feel the need to sit up here and seek clarity, right? Or I'm gonna just cuss you out now and then we'll figure out later and then we never figure out later and time goes by and I haven't talked to these people, right? Not the best way to handle it um, at all, but seeking that level of understanding for clarity, controlling what you're saying, and not letting what people are saying to you control you and your actions and your thoughts, right? Like there's so many other things in the world that are going on than to be worried about what someone is saying negatively about you to you and things like that. And as they sit up here and say these negative things, that really, really, really shows the character of the person and how they are trying to get that reaction out of you, right? Because it's always easier to get a bigger reaction out of someone else so we can kind of forget all the mess that other people are doing, right? So I'm really hoping this is this topic is really, really important to me. It's a learning lesson for me. It's something that I'm still working on, but I feel like it's so important to control your actions, control your mind, control your responses, take time, have restraint, and not let people's words hinder you. Words do hurt, but you also have the power to not respond to things and let people get you into a place that you're going to react and you're going to become very reactionary, right? Because it's very hard to kind of come back from those arguments and those, you said this and this is messed up and so on and so forth, right? So as, as, in, as we always do at the dotted line, I always like to have a funny story of something that makes me think, more positively than sometimes the the harder content that I cover on these episodes. So um, with that being said, you know, kind of a hashtag, you know, Lacey story time. So one thing like we were talking about or I was talking about in this episode is being reactionary, right, to people's um, words. And I have not always been the best. Um, anybody that knows me or I do not communicate with would probably tell you, yes, like Lacey's popped off it with me, said something or whatever like that. All, all of that. Like I, I own that. And that's something that I'm working on and I'm very aware of. But I remember I was a probably had to be like, no, I was like, I was driving. So I had to be like 16 or 17. And my parents had moved into this new house or whatever like that. I think I was 17. Um, and they moved into this new house, right? I'm about to graduate. So I was 17, almost fixing to turn 18. Or maybe I just turned 18, one of the two. So 
I moved to this big house. I'm trying to figure out why did y'all move off into this big old house, like this, you know, what, four bedroom house or whatever like that. And I'm the last child at home. And I got this little raggedy, you know, car, whatever like that. Right. Um, And it's so funny now, if I tell y'all what kind of car y'all have, you're like, she is so bougie, which I am going to tell you. I had a 91, a 1991 Lexus ES250. So yes, my first car was a Lexus or whatever like that. So that sounds very bougie, but I want y'all to know that this car was I started driving in 2004 is when I got this car. So by that time, I was 13 years old. Um, it had leather seats, you know what I mean? It had a sunroof and things like that. But I mean, it had all kinds of issues. Um, the alignment was messed up, so I have to get tires every few months or whatever like that. It was always stopping, overheating, all these kind of issues, right? But at the time, I wasn't grateful for just... Having a car, I was one of the very few people in my group that had my own car. I wasn't borrowing my mom's car or anything. Like, this was my car or whatever. And so I'm really mad about my mom, you know, getting this house. I feel like it's just unfair, right? Like, that she didn't want to give me a new car or whatever like that. And at, at, at most, it's so funny because I wanted a Honda Civic, right? So I had a Lexus and I want a Honda. So it's just so unfair. So you know what? I decided I'm going to run to my grandma's house. <laughs> and I drove... I'm from Denton, so my mom stayed in like the Denton Corinth, you know, line, and I drove to McKinney, Texas, and stayed with my grandma. My grandma's like, okay, cool. I, I'm thinking like life is going to be good, you know, like I moved out, whatever. My grandma was like, look, homegirl, I know that you're sitting up here, um, you're going through with your mom or whatever like that, and um, that's fine, but you need to go home. Like I'm not going to be in the middle of this, so I, of course I have to go home, right, and like come back with, you know with my tail in between my legs and stuff like that and basically be like, okay, like whatever, I guess I got to stay here, right, type of thing. And I say this story because there are, I know there are a lot of people, young people that, um, you know, you don't see the value of your parents and things like that. And now that I've recently turned 36, like I talk to my mom every day and I like, if something happens and inconvenient, I'd be like, girl, what is going on? Like, what do you think about this, right? Like my mom is probably one of my best friends at this point. And I'm grateful for her. So I want to leave you with love on your people, be appreciative of your people, right? Um, because, you know, life is short and things happen. And if you don't love on those people, like, you know, the the one thing that's promised is death, right? And so you don't want to lose people that you could have done better um, to while you had the chance, all right? So y'all stay tuned for another episode of The Dotted Line. We will be back next week. Bye.